Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Thanks for listening to Activate, a podcast from Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and I have the opportunity to serve on the ministry team with Pastor Christian Newsom, founder and lead pastor of JCI in Lee Summit, Missouri. You know our goal for this podcast is to help you build a faith that is active in all areas of your life. And the inspiration of this podcast came from James one twenty two, where James writes, Be doers of the word, not hearers only. So today we'll be having a conversation with Pastor Christian about a recent message in our new series entitled Fearless. Christian, it's been a while since we've had our podcast. I'm, I'm excited about this, and uh, I'm, I'm glad we get to have these conversations. So just curious, Christian, what were some of your highlights from this past summer? Yeah, it was an incredible summer. I, you know, I don't know that I'll ever forget summer of 2017, and there were some eternal things um, that happened in 2017, both individually and I think for our church. We we saw this summer uh, more than 250 people make spiritual decisions, uh, a lot of those for the very first time, hearing, understanding, um, really receiving uh, the gospel. Uh, we baptized over 50 people uh, who, when we baptized, they share their complete story publicly uh, with the church of um, why they decided to follow Jesus and what has happened in their life since then. Uh, we had a love week uh, with our church where we served our community. More than 700 people engaged in serving. More than 4,300 hours of community service served in one week. Uh, more than 2,300 meals served across our community. We had 18 people on the mission field uh, in Israel. And we spent an incredible 10 weeks in a series on the Apostles' Creed, just looking at the foundational truths uh, and beliefs of the uh, of the Christian faith. It was a great, great summer. Um, I don't think it's one I'll ever forget. It was incredible. So this past Sunday, we launched our new series, Fearless Living in Faith Over Fear. Christian, would you take a moment and tell us what inspired this sermon series? Yeah, you know, the last 18 years of ministry is I've talked with people um, about what they need to do spiritually or what they feel they need to do spiritually. Uh, There is a massive understanding of I need to do this that's usually coupled with a massive fear of but I'm not sure if I can and I've just seen fear paralyze people um, spiritually I, I think one of the primary obstacles to spiritual movement in the lives of people um, is fear uh, 365 times the Bible uses the phrase fear not uh, it's it's as if God put that in the Bible one time for every day of the year that that we needed to be reminded that we don't need to be afraid. Uh, and here's the reality that the simple truth, like the tweetable truth is this, if fear isn't confronted, then faith doesn't grow. I mean, that, that's just a reality. If fear is not confronted, then faith doesn't grow. If you don't get out of the boat, you're not going to walk on water. It's that simple. Um, so we have to learn to live with faith over fear. And when you read and study the book of Daniel, man, that's what it is. Like that's the DNA, the courage of Daniel and his friends because of their faith to stand up to fear, to hold on to convictions in the faith of fear, um, really allowed the movement of God in this time of history in such an inspirational way that it's been preserved for us 2,500 years later. You reminded, reminded us of a passage in, in the New Testament in First Peter 5, verse 8, where Peter writes, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You know, the ultimate goal of the enemy is to make us afraid. I, I, I believe this is his primary strategy. And so because this is his primary strategy, I believe we'll all have moments of fear in our lives. 
Christian, when have you faced the greatest amount of fear that has paralyzed you and your faith? Well, yeah, we talked about in the message the primary strategy of the enemy um, to kind of paralyze us in fear. That came from 1 Peter 5, 7. So in 1 Peter 5, 8, you know, Peter says, hey, your enemy, the, the devil prowls around, he wants to destroy you. But in 1 Peter 5, 7, we're told what destroys us. Cast your anxiety on the Lord. Like the devil is prowling in your life. He wants to heap anxiety on you so you can't move forward spiritually. So we have to learn to cast our anxiety. Some translations say cast your cares, but the word is anxiety. It's like an internal weight. You've got to cast those on the Lord uh, or or the enemy wins. Um, you know, when have I faced the greatest amount of fear that paralyzed my faith? To be honest with you, when I think about that word being anxiety, not fear, um, I, I would say that every day, um, fear robs me every day of experiencing life to the fullest. Um, an ounce of anxiety can somehow, for me, overwhelm an ocean of joy. I don't know how it happens, but I mean, like I can be living in the greatest moment of the world and an ounce of anxiety can just pull all that away and paralyze me emotionally. Um, so that what, so that what I would call like the anxiety creep, like just the worries of life. I mean, Jesus said that the seed of the gospel sometimes doesn't sink because of the worries and the concerns uh, of life. That anxiety creep for me um, with my kids, with my marriage and my finances, uh, with my future, uh, within the political climate of our country, if I watch or read too much news, um, thinking about my kids going to college in the next five or six years, tension uh, in relationships every day, an ounce of anxiety can uh, paralyze me from experiencing um, an ocean of joy. Um, if I were to pinpoint two great fears where faith won out, probably the greatest amounts of fear for Danielle and I uh, were the two steps of faith um, where I would actually see God the most. Interesting that my biggest fears tried to stop me from the greatest blessings that God would have for me. And that would be stepping out to start this church um, and then deciding with our elder team that we were going to build a building. I don't know that it, the two things gave me more anxiety, um, you know, not fear, but just anxiety, like a constant um, awareness of worry and what could go wrong than those two things. And I don't know that anything has brought me more blessing than, um, than those two things. So those two things carried a lot of fear, but they built a lot of faith. Um, and that's the thing that the things that carry fear build faith. If, if you can overcome them. Do you have any regrets of when you were not able to overcome your fear that paralyzed your faith? I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it regret. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look back and say I have regret because God is good even when we're slow. Right. I mean that like, that's another tweetable moment. God's good even when we're slow because one of his attributes is patience. Um, so he's good even when we're slow. So we, we don't have to live a life of regret because of fear. Some people might. Um, I look back and I would say looking back, I missed blessings. Like I missed a lot of blessings. Um, if I, if I would have done what God called me to do as soon as God called me to do it, I would have experienced more years of the blessings that I have experienced. Seeing God move in our church and through my family's life and, and in our community, um, faith-filled obedience um, brings blessings. And I missed some of those. So I don't have a past full of regrets, uh, but I certainly think I have some missed opportunities uh, and probably lost some blessings along the way because fear, I, I allowed fear to steal them from me because uh, I lived with fear over faith instead of faith over fear. So in this series, we're studying the life of Daniel. And when Jerusalem was captured in 609 BC, Daniel was taken into captivity and he lost almost everything. He lost his family, his freedom, his home, his culture. 
and his identity. Would you take a moment, Christian, and discuss the Babylonian process of capturing a city and ultimately a nation? I think that's important as we um, hit some of these next questions. Yeah, sure. And for our Bible geeks out there, it was 605 B.C., not 609 B.C. They'll they'll catch you on that. Um, so so Babylon actually had a uh, had a threefold. Um, they had three different attacks against Jerusalem that were all unnecessary if Jerusalem would have just done what they wanted them to do. So in 605, um, Babylon is fighting Egypt because Egypt is the big power. They really don't care about Israel, but Israel's on the way home from Egypt. So they say, we might as well conquer that one too. So in 605, they invade the city. Um, they, they capture and kill the king. They capture and kill a lot of what we would call our Congress and Senate, the nobility, the rulers. Um, and after killing them, they take their kids captive and they think that this will subdue the city. Uh, and basically they just, they want them to pay taxes and be obedient. That's what they, they don't want to destroy the city. They want the city because the city gives them money. Right. If the city will pay taxes, they make money. If the people will just keep harvesting their crops and sending some to Babylon, it's good for them not to totally destroy the people. Uh, but Jerusalem, uh, the, the country of Judah, doesn't do that. Um, they continue to rebel. So in 597, uh, they come back and in 597, they um, they kill the king. They really conquer the city. Uh, and they they put it kind of in an indebted place, uh, but that's still not enough for the Judeans to surrender and say, okay, you know, we give. So in 586, they come back and they destroy the city. Uh, they lay siege to the city. Uh, they shut up the gates. They starve the people out, and then they tear down the walls. They tear down the temple. Uh, they deport all of the people, um, and they leave the city laying in ruins. They, that wasn't their goal because a city in ruins doesn't pay any taxes, right? A country in ruin doesn't produce any crops. Um, they would have loved to have left the temple up and just worship Babylon's God in your temple. But the people of Jerusalem wouldn't do that. So 605, 597, 586, that process goes on where eventually the entire city has to be destroyed. By the way, that's exactly what Rome will do. In 63 BC, Pompey marches down from Rome um, and drives kind of the the Greeks, um, the Seleucid uh, and the Ptolemy empires from Egypt and, and Syria, who were kind of at that time overseeing Jerusalem. He drives all them out, makes it a, makes it a Roman kind of colony. They leave the temple up. They actually allow Herod to rebuild the temple, thinking if these people will live in peace, we can make money off of them, we can tax them. Uh, and about 140 years later, in AD 70, uh, after the people of Jerusalem refused to worship other gods and refused to be taxed, they just said, if we don't tear the whole city down, this is never going to work. So they destroy the temple again. They destroy the city again. Um, and just it's it's been back and forth going on and on and on. But that's, that's what Babylon did. Um, and in that 605 in invasion, probably Daniel's parents were killed. Daniel was kidnapped and taken to Babylon. Um, and he would have had a city to go back to, um, except the, the Jews said, no, we're not going to be a vassal state. We're not going to be a tax paying subservient nation. You can kill us or you can leave us alone, uh, but we're not going to do half and half. So Christian, you mentioned in your message, this statement, uh, I hope I get it right. Maybe you can, you can help me as I try to restate it, but you said, um, you can discover your greatest fear by finding or looking at your greatest confidence said something like that. And I, and it, 
it reminded me as we consider everything that Daniel lost, his family, his freedom, his home, his culture, all of this, which of these have you discovered maybe in your life or as you've talked to others where people find their greatest confidence and security and why? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if I'm just answering personally, I can't answer for everybody. Um, but if you were to say, you know, what, um, what would you struggle the, the most losing? For me, it would certainly be family. Um, and not just family, but future family. Freedom was probably a close second because I've done ministry uh, in a few communist countries. And in a communist country, really, some in some, your family doesn't even belong to you. So freedom would have been hard. Um, but, I, you know, I think, boy, if, if you take my family, you have almost taken my soul. Just because how much I love Danielle and my kids. Um, and the future family. Uh, for me would have been really hard, right? Like we don't have this in the podcast, but I'll explain in the message how um, Daniel was overseen by the chief of the officials. The word official there means eunuch. A eunuch was somebody who had been castrated so they could work around the king and his harem without having any lustful thoughts. So, So Daniel not only lost his family, he lost his future family. Like he had a hard life of isolated, what I would call privileged slavery. He lived in a nice house. He ate nice food. Um, you know, he he probably, um, you know, he he probably had a little bit of freedom, a little bit of privilege within his slavery. Um, but it was privileged slavery, uh, and all of his past and all of his future had had kind of been destroyed. So I think for me, family family would be the really really difficult thing. Um, I I would I would have to go through a really really soul searching season with God. Um, if something happened to my family. You also state in your message, there is no faith without fear. You know, it's been said that the phrase fear not, as you've mentioned, and do not fear, as you mentioned earlier, is in the Bible 365 times, one for each every, one for each day of the year. Fear and faith kind of have this uh, uh, relationship together, you could say, throughout all of Scripture. Would you mind discussing this further? Um, this relationship be fa- between faith and fear? Sure. That, that's a difficult question because it's a concept you could talk about forever. So, you know, biblical faith is a couple different things. Biblical faith is um, is a belief, right? It's a belief in God. It's a belief in the supernatural. But this belief is displayed like in everyday actions and everyday decisions. In Hebrews chapter 11, we're taught about faith, um, you know, being the confidence of things that, that we hope for. Um, it's the evidence of things that aren't seen. But then we see people who like their faith in everyday decisions, they had, they had to put faith in things that brought fear and trust God. Um, so, you know, like if you look at the alphabet and you say, okay, letters E and F are right together. Like if there was an emotional alphabet, fear and faith would be right together. Like they'd be numbers nine and 10. They'd be letters E and F fear comes right before faith. Um, if, if it doesn't cause fear, it doesn't, require faith right like you know you don't you don't need faith to take a drink of your favorite drink if you know for sure that's what's in that's what's in the cup right now if you're playing like a guessing game and you got a bunch of you know just unlabeled drinks and you say okay we, we don't know what's in them that takes a little faith so they're actually you cannot have faith unless you have fear but you cannot have faith unless you overcome fear so it is so faith becomes this spiritual confidence which is also a spiritual courage, right? It's, it, and it boils down to a belief and a trust. Um, faith is not the elimination of fear. It's the overcoming of fear. It's belief and trust and movement. 
sometimes in the faith in the face of fear, um, sometimes straight through fear, but you cannot get to faith without fear. So Daniel lived in Babylon and in Babylonian captivity for 66 years. God didn't remove Daniel from his situation, but instead worked through his situation to build a faith that um, overcame fear. Help, help us understand this concept of testing that, that God allows us to go through and how it helps develop our faith. Yeah, so I, I, I will say, I almost had you change this question um, because it's a, it's a bad question. It, it, um, I would even say it's a theologically inappropriate question, but it's the way that Christians talk. Um, and next week, on next week's podcast, we'll unpack this, this thought of tact, wisdom and tact a little better. Christians speak a spiritual language um, where they don't always mean what they say. But the world doesn't know that. So we've got to learn to say what we mean and mean what we say. And if we reverse engineer this question, you know, that God tested Daniel through this, we would say, so God took away Daniel's freedom. God took away Daniel's family. God took away. We we would blame this on God and say, God did all this to see what Daniel had in him. And and God doesn't do things like that. Um, So God didn't do this to Daniel. Um, but God uses situations that he doesn't cause to reveal things that we may not see. Um, so I, I wouldn't say, you know, help us understand how God tests us because Daniel's situation was not God testing him. It was really God rescuing him. It was the sin of Israel that put Daniel in this situation. Um, not, not God's, um, you know, not God's hand on him to help develop him. But God uses situations that he doesn't cause to reveal things to us that we may not see. So everyone wants to serve, everyone wants to walk out of the lion's den unscathed, but nobody wants to go in it before they know the the lion's mouths are shut. Everyone wants to walk out of the fiery furnace. No one walks want, wants to walk into it. So often, you know, this point in the message, often the thought is, if I can just get out, then I can find God. And it's like, no, sometimes if you just look in, you'll be able to find something deeper that God wants for you. Um, so the first, the first step of faith over fear is not, well, remove me from my situation, then I can have faith. It's no, look within your situation and find faith because God may want to, may want to use something that he didn't cause to reveal something to you that you don't see. And only when that work has been done, will you really be able to move forward from your situation. Uh, But as we talk about Christians developing wisdom and tact, we've, we've got to reshape our vocabulary when it becomes theologically incorrect. And we tell people, you know, it was just God's will that a tsunami killed a quarter million people. Um, and you know, we just, uh, you know, we just trust God when a tornado rips our house off its foundations. There are deeper things than that. We got, we got to quit spouting Christian sayings because the lack of wisdom intact in those, um, turns a lost world off. Well, if that's God, if that's, if that's God's will, to kill a quarter million people through a tsunami. And you're not going to help me really understand the background of that statement, which you wouldn't even say it that way. If you understood the background of it, then I don't want to have anything to do with your God. So we'll see Daniel really use wisdom and tact, even as he talks about the sovereignty of God in next week's message. That was powerful. 
So uh, looking back in your life, Christian, as we kind of wrap up the podcast today, would you would you mind sharing an example of when you had faith over fear moment and as a result, things became 10 times better? Yes. Yeah, so I, I mean, I could list dozens. I mean, dozens, right? We, we talked about at the end of Daniel, chapter 21, Daniel and his friends were 10 times better in everything because they displayed faith in the face of fear. Um, my junior year in high school, um, when, uh, when I was dating a, a girl, um, you know, who, who wanted to get sexually active in our relationship, who wanted me to party with her. And those were kind of two boundaries I had drawn, um, you know, at a youth camp just a couple summers before that, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to be pure when I married my wife and I wasn't going to let partying rob my life and my athletic career. Um, and she basically said, if we don't do these things, um, then I'm breaking up with you. That was one of the first times faith had to overcome fear, but it was 10 times better. I mean, when she finally dumped me and my life went another direction, it was 10 times better. When I finally started telling my friends about Jesus my senior year of high school, I'd been afraid my entire life to talk to people about Jesus. I'd fear, I feared social rejection or, or spiritual rejection, um, you know, if I talked to friends about Jesus. But when I finally started telling friends about Jesus, I felt 10 times better. When I finally said yes to the ministry my junior year of college after avoiding it for almost 10 years, I felt 10 times better. When I got married without a financial plan or financial stability because I knew I found the girl that I loved and I had faith that God would take over. So it was 10 times better than when we dated. Um, every time I confront tension in relationships with loving truth, I feel 10 times better about the situation. When I sold my house without having a new one, because I knew it was the first step of resettling my life for this church, I felt 10 times better. Um, and I, I could go on forever. All these things made my life 10 times better. And I wish I had done them all 10 times sooner. Honestly, when I look back at moments of faith over fear, every one of them, I think about the missed opportunities and missed blessing. And if I could do it again, I would have done them all 10 times sooner. Thank you, Christian. This is going to be a powerful series, and I'm already looking forward to next week. So today, perhaps our conversation has sparked some questions for you. We'd love to answer those questions on our next podcast. Send us an email with your question to activate at takethejourney.cc, and we will do our best to answer them. So thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.